Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. I hope the Giro has you keen to ride, despite the winter weather starting to take hold. Fortunately, the fun never stops on Zwift. It's super time efficient, safe and convenient. And it's just as social as your rides throughout the summer. The banter on the group rides, meetups and even in some of the races is a great way to connect with people from all over the globe. There's also loads of challenges to set yourself on the great courses, including riding up Alpe de Zwift, sprinting down the Champs-Élysées, even riding inside a volcano or exploring the Japan-inspired Makuri Island. Zwift is the app that makes indoor training fun. Visit Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial or just to find out more. Ride on, and here's Christoph and Macca. Also, just want to say... Uh yeah, big thanks for all the support from back home. It's been really, really special, you know. Like, all the people staying up late, watching the racing and, uh, yeah, sending me messages and getting in touch with the team and everything. It's uh, really special. So, big thanks to everyone back home. And big thanks to you, Jai, of course. Uh, bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. No, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Uh, before we start, as usual, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sports or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I am pumped after oui, seeing Dave. that. Oh, mate, Jai, we are fully loaded, mate. Uh, yeah. I've and got the trailer loaded up. <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm, I've got it parked direction Nullarbor. I am ready to go. I've bought ticker tape for oh, the yeah. parade. I'm already, I'm already... We're here. We're we here. are ready to go. And uh, I'm sure she's pumped as we are uh, here in Melbourne. She's all the way from Canberra. Gracie Elvin, how are you, Gracie? Ciao, ragazzo. Nice to be here. Yeah, super excited. This is going to be one for the books tonight, I think. We are so excited about it. Let's talk uh, quickly, uh, go back to what happened yesterday. We thought it was going to be an excited stage. It wasn't too, too, too excited. uh, There's a few elements. I got got a bit of beef too, but we'll get to that in a moment. Absolutely. Uh, But let's go back and rewind the tape. Let's go back to the finish of yesterday's stage. Just about to hit the base of the final climb. Santuario de Castelmonte hosting a stage finish of the Giro d'Italia for the first time and this is the 105th edition and it is a rude start to the climb as it rears skyward. Well, these riders out front zigzagging their way across the road as they make their way up this climb. Tonelli in the front there now still not pushing too hard. Dendrami at the back. He can't believe his luck that he's been able to hold on, that they keep playing the game of cat and mouse. The fight of Valverde to stick with the main peloton, the pink jersey. What we're also seeing here is it looks like Vendrami is the only rider here in the big chain ring. He's on the drops, ready to open up his sprint. All the other riders still riding a very small gear. They're still in climbing mode. Vendrami's in sprint mode. Well, another one of his advantages, he's done more sprint finishes. And now we go back to the front of the race for a five-up sprint finish and a battle for the final left-hand corner. Now it's Mauro Schmid. The race for the final corner. Smart move by Kun Bowman. He opens up first. It's a real battle for the left-hand turn. They are shoulder to shoulder. Mauro Schmid holding the inside. It's Bowman who goes over the top of him. He gets... 
gets around the corner first. It will be Bowman who makes it two. Brilliant. Schmidt, Tonelli, frustrated Volta. Okun got it right. Jumbo Visma again. They've got great attention to detail. We've spoken about that. They, along with Ineos, they are the benchmark in professionalism. And Kumbalman came out on top. That was a, let's say, a crazy finish um, a little bit. Do you think, <laughs> this is a crazy thought, Gracie, but is there, he's over there. Is there any chance at all that RCS spoke with John Trevorrow about sorting out the final corner <laughs> as a promoter of the Bay Crit Series, which is one of the best Crit he Series? He would never do this, John. That, I don't know, Gracie, that, is, that was wild, wasn't it? That was why I was very reminiscent of uh, the Port Arlington finish or even the, the finish up in, in Melbourne at the Bay Crit. So I've been put into the fence a few times and um, uh, lived to tell the tale. But, yeah, look, that was a really dramatic finish. And I, I think I made a sound. I think I uh, yelped a bit when I was watching the <laughs> replay this morning Um I don't know. There's a lot of questions there. Was it a poor course decision? You know, is this classic Giro or, you know, should we have kind of interesting finishes like this? You know, so I think much... all of the above. All of the above, <laughs> yeah. if you think about it. <laughs> Matty Keenan, uh, I think, or might have been Simon last night in the comms, said to Mark Renshaw, because he's the safety... Officer. Officer, is it? Is that the correct correct? Um, He's got the AVs. Title. Does he got the AVs and everything? Yeah, probably. <laughs> for, for the world champs in Wollongong. And I think they sort of threw the question to Mark. I actually can't remember what he said, but in all seriousness, Gracie, you know, they got this stage through the mountains and then they got a crazy left-hand turn 100 metres from the finish. Like it's a bit, it's a bit much, right? Yes and no. I think you'd never, ever see this on a flat stage. It was a mountain finish, so there's never going to be a bunch to go into a sprint in that kind of finish. There's always going to be, you know, more or less five or six riders at the finish line. So it wasn't an unreasonable way to finish a race. It was certainly narrow and tight, so that plays into it as well. But, you know, I don't think it was a poor call, but it certainly, uh, you know, shook up all of the, <laughs> the riders yeah. and the viewers at home. So there's the line. They yeah. were right on line. Well, let, let's have a look. Okay. <laughs> Take us through exactly what I've done a super slow. Well, on this the one. other beef I have is with Bowman. So Bowman here is coming over Mara Schmid, the De Koenig Alpha Vinyl rider. Right at this point here, and Gracie, I want to get your opinion of this. I'll give mine and I'll see whether you agree with me or not. I believe there's an argument for Bowman to be relegated from the victory because he impedes the line of Schmid. And if you rewatch that slow-mo, Schmid actually has to slam the brakes. He, he, his rear wheel slides. He slams the brakes. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily, if we watch again, so it doesn't mean necessarily that because he slams the brakes, uh, Bowman should be relegated. But if he didn't touch the brakes, he, I think, 100%, would have been taken out by Bowman. Every chance he would have crashed and then they probably would have relegated him. So he got, his line was impeded by Bowman. Therefore, I think there was a case for an appeal. What do you think? Oh, good question. I disagree with you. I think that, you know, the rules around holding your line is when you're going in a straight line and the corner changes that. I think it's not a track. There's no black or blue line there. I think that 
they were sprinting for the corner before that and then they were sprinting again for that corner and you can see that the second rider was already out of his peripheral vision so he knew that he was on the inside he knew that he was on his hip but he wasn't at shoulder level he wasn't you know just below his bars so i think that um he shouldn't be relegated i think that that was the race i think that you know it, for sure it was dangerous but it was a race he, to that corner. i made a casting vote who invited her <laughs> uh, well imagine uh, imagine uh, you and me gracie <laughs> on the we should both put our hand up for the um the the jury panel Jeez, we'd have some good um well i'm gonna be the casting vote on this one and i'm sorry Mike, but i'll sit with gracie on this one <laughs> because I, I, no you know way. if we look back at it not even a, would you at least let me appeal no not even <laughs> you just throw it no, out. No, because I, I think, uh, and maybe that's a different vision, but Bowman had studied that corner. He took it like he should have taken it. And it's not his fault that the corner is too short. He took it. He was in front of the, of the other rider. He took it as he should have done. That's not his problem. He, oh, he took it this way. What, what, I, what I will give you, Gracie, actually, and you're, you're probably right, I haven't, I haven't studied my rules enough, the bit about the straight line. Your, your, your line should not change when it's in a straight line. So yeah. it's borderline, though, is it? Can you well, give me that much? The public is not thinking so. Oh, no, so I'm not asking no, you. No, shut no. up. But I'm, I'm just putting here. <laughs> I stand with Gracie. Hashtag is trending. <laughs> That's it. I'm going I'm to be offset soon. Yeah. I'll just shut up. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he was the one that was the biggest loser, I think, in that <laughs> regard. He got pushed right into the, the pink fence on the other side. Oh, um, Vendrame. Vendrame, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, he was, I mean, if you listen, we knew, and listening to Kino and, and the guys, uh, he was the quickest. Yeah. He actually was the quickest guy there. He blew it. Vendrame blew it. Question here, like, okay, Bowman's won it and we, he's a good winner, but you don't think I, in a straight sprint he would have won it anyway? Oh, he might have. He might, because at the end of the day, Gracie, you'll probably answer, you'll answer this better than me. Uh Bowman was the freshest there, yeah. obviously, and Vendrame was getting dropped, yeah, so the sprint changes at the end. Yeah, for sure. It's not a sprint anymore. I think it's really the who has the freshest legs, and I do agree with you on that one. <laughs> Good. I've got one win We for found a compromise. We've got a compromise, people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I would have started getting a complex. I was like, hang on a minute. Let's listen to uh, the winner of the stage. Twice winner on this, uh, on yes. this zero. Uh, it's Kun Bowman. No, no. After my first victory, I said uh, it would be really nice if I can have another one. But yeah, uh, then I also said I need to be realistic. That was only my second victory as a pro. Um, yeah, and now, uh, yeah, winning two stages in the Giro. Uh, wow, just so, so happy. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have words. Tell us about this uh, last corner. Did you know it? I knew there was a corner to the left, <coughs> but I didn't know it was like this, uh, this sharp. So uh, I had to break quite hard. Uh, I knew I had to go uh, and take the inside. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if anybody crashed. I don't hope so. Um, and otherwise, I will be sorry for that. But uh, yeah, I'm just really happy. And you have secured the Magliazzura. Yeah, that was actually the goal of today. Uh, make sure, uh, yeah, uh, we, we would have the blue jersey at the end of the day. and. Uh, yeah, that, that is now uh, coming with a stage victory. Yeah, yeah, I cannot believe it. That was Kuhn Bowman. Um, incidentally, he's the first Dutch rider ever That's to insane. ever have the climbers uh, king of the mountain jersey in Italy. So Australia, 
if it was a Polkadot, we can have a go at this in the Tour de France. I keep banging about it, but we can be in, 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 in France, we can be what Netherlands yesterday is in Italy. I'm with you, Thank but you. hands off Ben <laughs> O'Connor. Because Ben O'Connor's yeah, riding for podium. Yeah, you can't, you okay. can't go for podium <laughs> and the polka dots, I don't think, Gracie. No, it's one or the other. You can't be greedy with these jerseys. You've got to mm. share the love a little bit. And who would mm. your pick be then for the polka dot jersey for an Aussie? And, and you can't answer a Frenchman. No, no, no. I'll, I'll pick Ben O'Connor. I disagree with you. I think Ben O'Connor, I personally think it would be a much better result for Ben O'Connor to have the polka dot jersey in the end than the top five in a GC. And call me crazy, but I'm right. So well, he, <laughs> No, well, he's going top three. Anyway, that's... that's <laughs> Mate, that's three weeks' time of discussion. <laughs> but um, all I'm saying is Bowman, extraordinary. First Dutch person in 105 years, 105 years of the Giro. That's huge. 105 editions, I should say, yeah. uh, of winning the, 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 the King of the Mountain jersey for his country. And I was going to say, but I, gee, I almost forgot, I was about to say he's the second success, most successful rider at the Giro, Gracie, but Demar's got three stages yep. and he'll win the Chiclamino. So I'd say Demar just pips him, but... We heard it in the interview. That's pretty huge, right? Two stage wins and he's going to win the polka dots. It's his third only victory. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Um, you can't uh, write that script, Gracie. No, sometimes that it all just comes together and you can tell he's almost a bit surprised by his results. He's really humble and grateful, but, you know, he's probably just in the form of his life and it's all come together and he's just having a ripper tour. So sometimes you do see that. You see one stage win follow another. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, reasons for that because he's in great shape. He's probably got a nice team around him that's not going for other results, so he's allowed to have a bit more rain. And, you know, sometimes maybe other riders aren't having the tour that they were hoping for too. So it all's just come together for him and he looks really stoked about it. And it's really nice to see that coming across in those interviews. Yeah, I would totally agree. Uh, let's have a look at the, the, the ranking at the minute uh, for the Giro because not a lot has changed, but our boy uh, Jai is still three seconds away from Carapaz. So we are still extremely hopeful for Jai tonight. Uh, what else can you read, Maka, from that top 10? Uh, well, look, all I read is that it's Game nothing on. is separating uh, those top three. In, so Lander included in that. Yeah. But obviously he's he's a quite a bit of time down because he's lost that throughout the three weeks. Um, Jai looked great last night. I think now that we've seen last night, Gracie, and I've looked more closely at tonight's stage, um, what, yesterday was 3,000 or thereabouts metres of climbing. Tonight's 4.7. It's the Chimacopi. It's the highest mountain. Jai is totally waiting for tonight, I think, to do a proper attack. But also, Carapaz also isn't happy with the time because effectively it's three seconds, but they're effectively same time. Yeah. We know that three seconds is going to change in the TT. I think Carapaz wants some more breathing space as well. Potentially, and we could see that playing out in the stage just previous. They were both trying to get time on each other. You know, one rider is not necessarily happy to just mark the other they both want to you know keep drawing each other out and testing each other so I felt like that was a teaser last night and and tonight this this you know final road stage is really going to be a showdown between the both of them Carapaz you know like I said last night doesn't seem to have any chinks in the armor he unfortunately has lost 
his right-hand man, Richie Port, he was a DNF yesterday, which I'm very sad about. So commiserations, Richie, but also congratulations on your final Grand Tour. But, yep. yeah, does this what does this mean for Carapaz? Does he still have enough help with the other riders? There's certainly some pretty amazing talent in the Ineos Grenadiers team, but will that be, you know, a potential weakness that Jai can capitalise on? But it's, it's something actually we debated here and we don't agree and I, I, I'll get you to, to be the judge as well, but uh, is the fact that Richie had to pull out, he's got gastro, we're very sad for him. Of course, it's, it's, it's sad to lose your Grand Tour like this or your last Grand Tour, you, to leave your last Grand Tour like this, but this is a bit of a helping hand for Jai, isn't it? Or this could be. It could be. And yeah, like I said, like this, it could be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, you know, like the Ineos have had to do a lot of work. They've had to carry pink now for a number of days and having one less guy, one less of your best guys in the mountains on the most, you know, important stage, arguably in, in mountainous country. Could this definitely play into the hands of Jai? Yeah, I think that I think so. And I hope so. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Take biased out of it. If Richie wasn't Australian, exactly. we wouldn't, no one would care. We, we wouldn't care less. And in fact, you know, you don't wish ill will towards any athlete, no matter where they come from. But Richie could make the diff, was potentially going to make the difference between Carapaz winning and or mm. finishing second. He's a huge blow. It's let, a huge blow to Ineos's um, final day. Let, let us know what you think you know, on the catch bulletin if you want. Let us know uh, because I think we have a pretty clear understanding or pretty clear opinion. Actually, this helps Joy. We love Richie, but one hundred percent helps Joy. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, re I reckon you know, this could actually be a little bit of a help yeah. for uh, for Jai. Okay, so we saw the the, the ranking. Uh, let's uh, take a little break. Because there's a nosy uh, working in the Bora team. So let's have a look inside the Bora team. Our work experience kid went and tracked her down. She works in the media. Over to her. And with me, we've got an Aussie who's in charge of everything media with, with uh, Bora Hansgrove, uh, Steph Constant. Now, uh, you've been chief. Uh, videographer, uh, camera person, media person, social media, yeah. but they've sent the big guns in for the well, last weekend. They have. We're really excited. We've got a videographer with us and we've got Brian, our photographer, so uh, to help me out a little bit because when we realised it was getting serious, we thought, bring in the big guns. Why not? <laughs> well, I thought it was getting serious about two and a half weeks ago, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so uh, I've noticed you're getting more and more stressed over the last few days. How's those stress levels now? It's good, actually. I think, like, with Jai, he's a good leader. So he's pretty calm, and everyone around him feeds off that. And I think it's it's really good for the morale of the team. The morale is high, everyone is, is feeling good. So, And it's also for the staff as well, I think. So, <laughs> just, so just quickly to fill the people in yeah. back in Oz, uh, you're a Sydney girl. Yeah. Um, uh, I heard you were doing your, your degree and fell in love with watching um, the, the Tour de France on SBS. That is true. I was doing uh, my law degree and a PhD, so there's a lot of late nights. And being in Australia, the only time to watch the Tour de France is late at night, you know, after 12 o'clock. So, you know, one day I switched on the television and I saw, like, oh, cycling, you know, what's this? And I sort of thought, okay, got into it, watched a bit more, a bit more, and I said, like, I like this. This is special. So then I uh, tried everything I could to get to Europe, and then here I am with, uh, at the Giro with, with a guy in second place. <laughs> 
That's nice. It's that nice. is a cool story. <laughs> it's a cool story. I mean, how did you, like, who would you have thought that you could watch cycling and also get a PhD? Like cycling on SBS, not anywhere else. Yeah, I, I love that. And <laughs> apparently she speaks pretty fluent German. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool, Gracie. It's, it's, I love it. This is how cycling, uh, there's no, there's sort of no walls up in cycling. You can, if you really want to get in somewhere, you can. Yeah, it's such a unusual sport in that you get relatively quite a lot of access to teams and riders. And there's a lot of Aussies over there in support roles. There's so many Swannies mechanics, people in the media teams, directors, team managers. You know, there's a whole, I, I couldn't even count how many Aussies are over there as well, making all the behind the scenes stuff work. So I've been lucky to work with a lot of them. You know, the, the more well-known media guy was Dan Jones, who made all those amazing backstage pass videos. But yeah. there's so many others that I've worked with. Um, Taryn Kirby was really amazing when I was at Greenwich, just making sure everything was good and that, you know, if you felt like you needed that extra level of um someone communicating for you that she was in there to bat for you to say yes or no to interviews you know it's really helpful for writers to know that you've got people that you can trust to handle that stuff but also that when they do bring things to you it's going to be worthwhile interesting because we see it from the other side sometimes we just go come on we just want five minutes or we just want yeah. three minutes so come on you know so we have a different point of view well, yeah but but but, <laughs> but on that also it certainly helps for from our point oh, of view oh, when yeah. when you've got it a few Aussies like Phoebe Haynes, yeah. who's been with numerous teams, uh, BMC, and Astana, and, uh, and now she's with Israel. Yeah. And also, like, don't get us wrong, no matter how good our work experience kid is, Stephanie is the one that says yes or no for us to speak to Jai. Yeah. And, and we 100%. know how good the work experience kid is, yeah. John, but Stephanie was the one allowing us to have this insight uh, into the team. So big thank you uh, to her. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, okay, there is a, a stage, of course, tonight. The stage tonight. We are, you can guess, we are very excited. Uh, this is what we have in store for tonight. It, yeah, big one. 167 kilometres. So not a long stage, but as we know, they generally are harder. The shorter ones are more dynamic, 4,700 in climbing. It's the Chimacopi climb to the Paso Podoi. The Chimacopi was basically first came in in 1965 after the late great Fausta Coppi, who won five Giros. It's a high point of the race each year. And that is the Paso Podoi, 2,239 um, metres. And then they finish on the Murmalada, the Paso Fadei. It's a monster day. It's yep. the one day in the Dolomites. The Dolomites, for me, Gracie, I'm not sure if you've raced in the Dolomites. They are majestic, magical, something really special, but they're also brutal <laughs> for, a, for a bike race. Thankfully, I didn't have to race in the Dolomites. That wouldn't have suited me very well. Um, probably, I think I raced in the foothills a couple of times in the Giro Rosa, but you can definitely tell us a lot more about how brutal it is. But just looking at that profile, the the length of each climb isn't really the actual climb. Like the first climb is really, they've got 30K that slowly goes uphill before they get to the start of the actual climb. And same with the second one. I think it's about another 10K of gradual climbing before they get to the inizio uh, start of the climb. So it's just, you know, a brutal day out there. There's going to be some pretty tired legs 
a lot of riders that just want to get to the end. Unfortunately, they have to finish on a time trial. I've had to finish on a time trial at the Giro Rosa before, and that's a really nasty as well. So I'm feeling for all of those guys out there now. But look, we're all, all eyes on GC. It's going to be a great race to watch. Oh, so, yeah. Maka, where does Jai needs to attack here on this map to win this Giro? Well, let's, yeah. let's tell us. Yeah, 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 yeah. He will do it on the last climb. I don't think he'll do it before. Okay. Um, and if you really want to disagree again with me, Gracie, you can. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think if he was a minute down, Gracie, yeah, he might try and – he might have gone on the second last climb. But effectively, like I said, three seconds for me, they're on the same time. So I think Jai will wait till the Paso day, the final climb. And I've studied that. It's, it's the last five kilometres that averages 10 and 11%. So I think he will wait for there. Jai needs to grab 30 seconds plus bonus, maybe the stage win. And then that is, I think, the best that he can hope for, the best outcome. He doesn't need to do it any earlier. I just don't think he can do it any earlier. They're just going to mark each other all day and it's really just going to come down to who can get to that that steep climb at the end. And he did mention in one of his interviews from yesterday that those steeper percentages don't actually suit him as well as they do Carapaz. Mm. So I think he's going to be a bit nervous about that, but, you know, he he does have something to lose. I'm not going to say he's got nothing to lose, but it's going to have to come down to that final climb. I can't really yeah. see it playing out any differently unless he has teammates to help him isolate Carapaz. But, you know, he Carapaz has got some good teammates as well, so it's going to not just be one-on-one. -on -one, it's going to be team against team tomorrow or tonight. I so, so... It's going to be a big one. Yeah, if yeah. you look at this profile here, like, what does Bora do, though? Do they Are they attacking very early so they sort of clean up the peloton of whoever doesn't need to be there so they know where they're standing? So uh, I, I'd like to see Ineos actually have okay. to ride tempo. They got the Maglioza. That That's the beauty of being just three seconds that, that off That is something no one has ever said. You want to see Sky or Ineos ride tempo. Yeah. That's a, that's a new, that's a new <laughs> dimension. <Maka. laughs> yeah, yeah. Old news. No, I want to see them have to use their riders yeah, early. Okay. So Bora, and, you know, Bora made an error last night. Yeah. They went on the front when they did, which was fine. And then I think they realised... They had to pull the parachute out because they realised they weren't going to catch the leaders. That This is all I put it down to, Gracie. So they went, you know what, let's just save our energy. So it was a wasted effort of 50, 60 Ks, whatever it was they did on the front. Tonight they shouldn't do that. They should do it literally at the final climb and set this crazy tempo that pretty much isolates Carapaz. And if and if Jai's good enough, he's good enough. And if he's not, well, he'll, he'll know, won't he? Yep. For sure. Look, I, I'd hate to be in that team meeting and figuring out how to do it. But at the end of the day, if he can just get a few seconds with time bonuses at the end, then that is a win to get a stage win. So, you know, everything counts at this point in time. And who knows how it's going to go in the time trial. Like who, who is a better time trialist is almost irrelevant at the end of three weeks of racing. It's going to come down to who's also the freshest and who's come into this the best. And, and you're spot on. And just to re-emphasise as well, Jai's not a natural or pure time trialist. He's not bad, but he's not, he's not a mm. purist. Carapaz is not a purist. 14 seconds. Was that, the, that was the first that was, TG, the first, was it? Yeah, 14 seconds. And that's, and that's yeah. as and Gracie... That's fresh. that's fresh. That's fresh. It's a completely different at the end of three weeks. And by the way, it could be... Carapaz could pull a minute. 
yep. on Jai. We don't know. Jai could pull a minute. That's that's a fair comment, isn't it? It is fair. Anything can happen. And, you know, we've seen in the past mechanicals happening, unfortunately, in time trials. Mm. People get nervous. They make mistakes. They're tired. They're stressed. You know, it's it's not just about your physical ability and your you know, ability in time trialing. It's putting all those pieces of the puzzle together and making sure you have a smooth day and a smooth day is a fast day. Um, so it's a longer time trial as well. So that could help Jai. It's not a pure power time trial like that first one was. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That is all tomorrow. Tonight is the big stage and there is so much climbing, as we said, uh, to come. But we always concentrate on the guys at the top end of the of the GC, but what about the the soldiers? It's going to be hard for everyone, and even harder for people lower down the the, the food chain, I guess, in a yeah. in, in that peloton. Let's catch up with uh, Callum Scottson. He's tired. He's tired, but he's going to give it a crack. That's what, that's yeah. what he said. Yeah. Let's listen to him. Okay, Callum Scottson. Um, the start of the probably the last day you're really worried about uh, in the Dolomites. It looks like going to be a really tough one. Yeah, I mean it's been a long race and uh everyone's legs are tired i think everyone's just you know you just wake up and hope that the legs are good out there so how have you found this overall this uh jira uh, i mean three weeks it uh, it's as you say very tiring yeah sure it's been hard and um i mean it's it's been really hot which is make, makes things difficult uh and just the pace of the racing is really fast it's really hard to get in the breakaways just yeah, not really many easy days. So what's your plan for today? Uh, I don't really know yet, actually. I wait to hear from the directors, but um, I'm sure it's just going to be something all-out effort, whatever you've got, to, whether it's to support Lucas or go on a breakaway or something, I'm not sure yet. And uh, so you normally have quite a handy time trial if you're not really worrying about tomorrow so much. Um, oh, I think I'll, I'll give it a crack, probably. Yeah, like, I mean... It, Again, it depends on how the legs pull up and everything. I'm not really sure what to expect. I haven't really prepared for it coming into this race or anything, but, I mean, you never know what can happen. I think it comes down, a lot down to what legs you have left. Good luck today, mate. Yeah, cheers. We always have to have a think, honestly, for they are battlers of the peloton, honestly. Oh, it, it, it's unsung heroes, Gracie. And you, as we know, Callum's a, he's a man of few words, but... I love that interview because it's raw and real. He's, you know, he's just, okay, John, let's do the interview. Yep, I'll answer <laughs> your questions and I just want to go and sit on the bus before I've got to, you know, kill myself for five hours. But I love it because that's about as raw as it gets, isn't it? Yeah, you can tell he's pretty tired. But to be fair, he kind of does sound like that when you talk to him most times. So, you know, he's a pretty chill guy. But Oh, man, I think if you're standing up for more than five minutes to talk to someone, your brain's telling you to go sit down at that point in a tour. So that heavy fatigue is something that you can't even describe. Even in the women's racing, like I only got to do up to 10 or 11 days. But even by then, it's you just you're not getting any tighter. It's kind of this weird thing that your body can still keep going out and doing these huge days. But you just lost that edge, but you're not getting whole lot more tired you kind of reach that peak tide within a few days and then you just kind of have to settle into the the sensations which are not good and you just have to ignore them so yeah it's interesting to hear from him that he's like yeah you just have to take it day by day and have no expectations really and just yeah. hope for the best 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So talking about what's happening uh, tonight, uh, let's catch up as well with uh, David McParkland. He's uh, one of the DS uh, of uh, Team Bike Exchange. Uh, he's going to give us the lowdown on what is expected today. Okay, Dave McPartland, here we are uh, beginning the second last day, the penultimate day. It's a monster day for the riders, but it's also a big challenge logistically for everyone with, with what's entailed for today. Yes, uh, it's a, a stage uh, right in deep into the mountains today in the Dolomites, and uh, logistics is always uh, more difficult on days like this. And uh, today we've got the added uh, complexity with the weather. Uh, we've got a wet day ahead of us, so um, it makes uh, things a lot more challenging with organising the feeding points on the road, uh, bottle points, uh, the feeding zone. Uh, we've got to all have uh, jackets at a lot of the uh, mountain tops, so uh, it, yeah, it's a little bit more stressful than uh, than other days. So not only is it a monster day with you know high high mountains but I think it's a three and a half hour bus ride after the finish for the riders to get back to the hotel. Yeah that's right three and a half hours in the bus down to, to uh, Verona. I don't think anyone will be complaining but though tonight about the length of that travel because uh, everyone knows that they've, they've made it to the end of the Giro really. Uh, we've only got one stage tomorrow at the time trial. Uh, in Verona but uh, yeah it's I think we leave this morning here at nine o'clock and we arrive expected to arrive in the hotel tonight at 10 o'clock 10 10 30 so it's a 13 hour day door to door so a big one <laughs> so uh, tactics for today I mean uh, it really looks, looks like a GC day more than a breakaway but will the guys have a bit of a bash to get up the road yeah, look, uh, it's the last chance, isn't it? It's the last day to, uh, for, for uh, some of these guys uh, to do something. Um, <clears throat> we've got a few of our guys that are lined up, ready to go for tomorrow, obviously. We've got some of the favourites in the time trial. Um, so those guys will look to, uh, to take it easy as possible. Um, but, yeah, there's basically half the team will be uh, looking to take it easy and the other half of the team will be uh, looking to do the opposite and aggressive and try and, try and get down the road, yep. Good luck today, Mega. Okay, cheers, mate. So, 13 hours a day, 13 hours a day. Uh, and the weather, Maka, it looks, dare I say, filthy? Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've read, I've seen a couple of social media tweets from Journos, Gracie. Apparently, it is raining heavy an hour from the start and thunder. And they're saying it's going to pretty much, well, the initial reports was rain in the afternoon, but now they're saying it's going to rain potentially from the start, 10 degrees. That's at, that's at not sea level because they're not really at sea level all day. So imagine what it's going to be like at 2,000 yeah. metres, predicting potential sleet and potential snow. This could be one of those just brutal days that will go down in history. And before you answer, Gracie, I just <laughs> want to emphasize that we are not making this up. To, yeah, this is to true. To bump up the rating, yeah. this is real. You know? So, Gracie, how do you ride in those conditions? Oh, gosh, I, I feel even worse for the guys. What a way to end the Giro this year. Um, there's a lot of work, as Macca was saying. It's uh, Dave McPartland, the other Macca I'm, I'm referring to. Uh, the team has to be a lot more prepared, so uh, they're having swannies out there on the climbs, holding jackets in the feed bags or just jackets out. Some riders will go back to the car. It's tough as a rider to put a jacket on in a race. I think it was dry actually a couple of years ago that was struggling it on was. one of the yeah. stages to put 
put his jacket on and that's not unusual it's it's not an easy thing to do and we practice it a lot in training because it's 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 a kind of annoying having to do it in a race it's not what you really want to be wasting your energy or time on because you don't want to crash either but the the temperature as well Mako I don't know if you enjoyed the hot racing or the cold racing so some riders would will be like thank god it's not going to be hot today finally because it sounds like it's been a hot tour so far but you know if it's going all the way down to 10 degrees that's going to really affect some people as well oh I hated the cold yeah <laughs> I mean I think we'll agree Gracie it was there were two types of riders went there in the peloton the ones that uh, loved the heat and were terrible at the cold or they actually liked the cold and they were pretty average in the heat. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was, I love the heat. So but, uh, as Mandit says here, uh, and I will just rephrase this, something that Giro hasn't given us that the Tour de France has given us is a mudslide. We haven't seen a mudslide yet. Oh, so it's, is there, is there for mudslide? Hey, Do we want a mudslide? The tour has <laughs> given us more than that. It's given us a bus stuck under a gantry. Yeah, it's yeah. given us a, a one-kilometre banner falling down in front of a rider. A three-legged dog winning the race against Alex Dosset. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm starting to think. I'm starting to see a trend here that the tour maybe does it because it's live TV. I don't Hang know. on, the Giro's live TV. Uh, too. But anyway, all we know is it should be very exciting. Uh, there's a couple of comments here. I see your comments, guys, uh, on, on Chopper, not Chopper. Uh, the, the comfort of the bus. You know, we talked about oh, helicopter. Hours there. Yeah, would you prefer going in a helicopter, but the weather might be a problem? Yeah, or no. go into a very comfortable bus, get your massages on the way, getting nice and and relaxed-ish after the race, so you can ready to 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 do the night. Gracie, every day of the week, helicopter. <laughs> Oh gosh, I, I don't know. I, I would choose a helicopter because it's you know a bit fancy, but it's actually pretty uncomfortable, and I would hate to fly in uh, bad weather in a helicopter. It's pretty dangerous, so I wouldn't have a lot of comfort in that. The buses that the teams have are pretty nice. Unfortunately, I never got to be on a team with the bus. They brought that in just as I left, which was a bit painful, but that's okay. <laughs> and yeah, the. They have to do so many transfers in these grand tours. That's a, a whole nother part of getting through these races. It's it, it adds to the day. It makes the days longer for the support staff. You're having to go without massages sometimes because you're just getting there too late and you're better off just going to bed. So I don't think that there'll be many helicopters. Maybe Ineos might have another yeah. one. I don't think <laughs> yeah. any other people will be doing it though. <laughs> would, would um just a question, would, would Jai or those top guys, would they potentially get a massage on the bus? It's what, two, three, three hour transfer. Would they do that, you know, just for the sort of riders that are still fighting, battling out a, a place in GC or, or, or what do they do? What? I've never seen that happen, but I'm sure maybe it does happen. It's probably illegal, but let's not. Uh, mention that it's <laughs> Italy. Needs to it's Italy. No. Nothing's illegal in Italy. <laughs> it's, Italy. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, look, they're, they're just going to be chilling. They'll have their headphones on. They'll be watching Netflix or reading a book or getting some sleep before they get to the hotel. They'll be eating a lot and just you know lying back and relaxing. Yeah. Mm. No matter what, it's going to be a very exciting stage. Uh, again, the profile just here, just to illustrate how difficult the day will be. And of course, the ranking here really is at the top. We're looking at it three seconds. That's you know, how thin the margin yeah. is. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what time, Maka? Uh, 8.05 on demand, people. 10.30 on the main channel on the East Coast. And WA, 8.30. Come on. 
that is about as prime as it gets. 8.30 on Viceland for WA. So. And your boy is about to do it. Your oh, boy yeah, is about to do it. Crossed. So Can't fingers wait. crossed. Yeah, big one. Thank you, uh, Gracie, for uh, joining us. Ah, no, 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 no actually. One. Listen, pal. Okay, I, I forgot. <laughs> My excuse. I'm seeing the clock running. Da day 20, <laughs> I'll let you off. I'll let you off. Uh, there's been uh, another win for Alex Manley. This is, this is incredible. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> I, I am deeply sorry I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You're allowed. You're producing, directing. I'll let you off. Yeah. But, Gracie, four stage wins... They've won every stage, and Alex now has got three, two days left, I think, in the in the Turingen yep. tour. It's pretty awesome. It's it's so awesome. I'm really happy for her and the team getting you know three wins for her and one for Georgia Baker. They're just cleaning up over there. So this is going to do wonders for team morale going into the next bunch of races. They've got the women's tour coming up that we'll be doing some live shows for. And I, I'm pretty sure Alex will be there and a couple of the other riders from the Turingen race, but they'll bring some fresh riders in. So this is going to be great for her and for the team going forward. But right now, I'm just so stoked about it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is Let, great. Really, you know what? Really Let's is. listen to her, Alex Manley. It was planned, but uh, I wasn't sure I'd be able to pull it off today. But um, the girls are incredible again. And yeah, I don't really, that one was like a bit of a blur. But yeah, so happy to pull it off. I think maybe with like 50k to go with more of the bergs, my legs started coming good there. And I was like, okay, I think I can do this. And I need to do it because the girls are sacrificing themselves for me. So you've got, you got to finish the job sometimes. You got to finish your job. Mark out the Bergs. Oh, yeah, translation: Bergs is hill, hill. climb. Okay. They're okay. German. That's okay. that's they get you when you're racing in Germany a lot. You do. You get used <laughs> to. You, you you just know the key words that you got to. The survival words, isn't it, Gracie? Uh, for sure. And there's a lot of lingo there. So I knew what she was talking about. But <laughs> yeah, she was saying that her teammates were sacrificing themselves for her, and that she needed to finish off the job. And I just want to tell all of the listeners here that she has sacrificed herself a lot over the years. So she was one of the most reliable teammates on the team. So it is very well deserved that she's in this position now and she's getting that support. Yeah, you well said, spot on. You, you, and you, you're dead right. She she has been a big workhorse yeah. over the years. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a big stage tonight, if you haven't guessed. 8.05 on SBS On Demand. Uh, it's going to be epic. It's going to be... You know, this is it. This is it. We can't yep. say any more superlatives of it. Uh, thank you, Gracie, for joining us on this podcast. And I'm sure we are see you tomorrow to debrief maybe something spectacular. Thank you, Gracie. Thank you. Can't wait. And uh, thank you, Maka. Thank you very much. I am pumped. Can't yeah. wait. Go home and then let's I've watch reserved it. the couch at home. <laughs> I've said to my family, no one is allowed on this couch for the next four hours. No problem. Yep. <laughs> Not even me? Okay. Especially not you. You're invited. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. This Thanks. was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. And before we go, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast, of course, on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport. And you can also log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, uh, next pl uh, same place, same time tomorrow. It's bye for now. Now that we're done talking cycling, for today at least, let's do a little riding ourselves because the fun never stops on Zwift. Training solo at home, I admit, it gets old real quick. But with Zwift group rides, events and races, you'll have plenty of people to ride with and chat with to keep you motivated. 
Plus has got great built-in training programs tailored for every ability. There are even workouts that can be squeezed into 20 minutes if you're really stuck for time. On Zwift, traffic lights, stop signs, busy roads, bad weather, they all disappear. And each interval has the watts and rest periods dialed in for the perfect training conditions. To start riding and discovering how Zwift makes indoor training fun, head to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial. Thanks for watching or listening whilst you're riding on Zwift.